Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back in. It's another live and local Saturday right here on 610 AM Sports Radio. It's your girl, Jillian Carroll. Guys, the whole crew is back. We're back together. I know everyone missed us all three together. We've got Uno, Cero. We've got Julio. It's all three of us back together. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a uh, very long time. I think the last the last time we did a show together was what? Like mid-October, I think it was? All three of us? I'm pretty sure it was mid-October. Last a few months show together. at least. Yeah, so it's been two months, but the band is back together. Well, glad now. you could finally join us, you know, Saro. I mean, geez. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Glad, <laughs> see what glad, you did there. glad someone could could show up to do the show I at mean, some point. At least you're here to do your job. I know, today. right? Thank yeah. God. Yeah. So every now and then, I'm dedicated to, to coming in and doing my show. <laughs> I was waiting for the shots to come from him. I just fired him instead. Yeah, she 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 struck first at a preemptive strike here because she knew right. that we were gonna probably roast her a little bit for not being here. This is why we're a permanent part time. Yeah, this is right here. <laughs> We're designated permanent part-timers here on uh, on 610 Sports Radio. Best way to be. Best way to be. <laughs> but we're back for another live and local Saturday. It's overtime right here from the Brown and Cooper Studios. Uh, before a potentially rough day tomorrow, the blizzard might be coming. It might not. We don't know. We heard from um, a couple different weather forecasts earlier this morning i know i don't know what do you guys think are we going to get this snow supposedly it's supposed to start at 8 a.m tomorrow mm-hmm. so i have to make my gym trip very early so i can gym avoid trip. the snow G- yeah. right since it, gym trip? Yeah. is it the new year already no up. not yet no, i year's wanted to resolution? start a couple weeks before the new year so that it doesn't seem like it's like a new year's resolution okay wait thing. a minute somebody needs to write this down because as far as i remember Uno Cero enjoys sitting around doing nothing. I mean, I do. Eating but Fritos. I don't L- like but Fritos. But literally, I will ask. I don't eat Fritos. I you eat know, like, cheesy puffs. What are you going to do this afternoon? Oh, I can't wait to go go home and sit down. Chill oh, out. Yeah. And oh, watch yeah. Dragon Play Ball Z. Play the video Z games. And- yeah, I've actually been watching the Dragon Ball Z movie. So oh, so there. good. So I, was, I watched Bojack yesterday. Maybe they got them great. on at the gym now. Maybe that's what he has. Well, it's great because like the, they, they have Wi-Fi at my gym now over at uh, the Genesis over at State Line. They had a, now, they had a Wi-Fi. They, what they, gym doesn't? <laughs> no, not they did not have. <laughs> they, when, they, when they were 24-hour fitness. Welcome to color television. When they There's were, when they were the 24-hour <laughs> fitness, they did, not, they did not give us Wi-Fi. But since Genesis bought out all the 24-hour fitness locations in the city, they have Wi-Fi now. So now Hallelujah. I can. Uh, Congratulations! Yeah, I feel I'm proud of them. I'm I'm glad of the upgrade. I'm I'm glad to be a member of the Genesis family, and uh, I enjoy that Wi-Fi. All right, so early New Year's resolution has uh, been put into effect here, and Uno Sarah is going to hit the gym tomorrow before the blizzard comes. Before it comes, and then you know I'm going to spend the rest of the day sitting in my ass watching football. There it is. There the goes. honesty. There we there go. Hey, but at least I started my day off right before I sat on my ass the rest of the day. I think I think I should get points for that. No, nah. no, on. I don't get anything for it. 
I mean, I started my day off productive. Well, I will start my day off productive tomorrow. And then, yeah, I should get points for it. I mean, it is the new year apparently approaching. So his resolution's already started. Then I'll it's support gonna, it. It's going to suck, though, because all those new gym members are going to be coming in at the yeah, beginning the of the year. And it's it is the worst, the worst time of the year. Especially Agreed. if you go during peak hours. Yep, it's oh, it's the worst. worst. From now until spring break. It's the absolute worst. It, does it last yep. that long? Oh, I, mean, yes. I think oh, it's yeah. usually February. Oh, yeah. Like no. mid-February, like no. Valentine's Day, everybody's like, yeah, bleep it. I'm going to be no, fat forever. you got to get <laughs> Like, that's what it is. It's like Valentine's Day, bleep it, I'm going to be fat forever. That's what it is. Okay. So We're happy with the baby steps that you're getting in the gym, so we're going to take that. However, I have witnessed it's typically New Year's to spring break, and then they're out of there. Oh, yeah. Summertime is great because, yeah, by then the New Year's resolution has already been destroyed. It has already been ruined. So, yeah, it'll be nice then. No more. I don't like going during peak hours anyways. I'm a nighttime guy or early morning guy. I'm early morning. Got to get up. Got to be at the gym within 20, 30 minutes of waking up. I do else. early Ooh. morning on the weekends. On the During the weekdays, it's uh, late night. Like, I go there at like 9. Nobody's there. It's great. Well, the new and improved Uno Sarah will be hitting the gym early tomorrow before the expected snow. What do we hear? 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock? 8 o'clock. And supposedly, I've heard like anywhere between 1 to 4 inches. Right. Over it. the course of. Over the course of the. the it, it's, and then it's supposed to go into Monday morning. And it's supposed to end like 8 a.m. And then it's supposed to be like snow showers the rest of the day. So, yeah, this uh, winter weather is not going to be cool. It could be for. It could make for a fun football game, though. No, it's not. I think sometimes it's pretty to watch. No, 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 no. Those, I, I think those winter games are usually really ugly. Unless, like, unless we, you see, like, what happened with the Chiefs and the Colts last year. A little bit in of the, white the, in, the, in the, uh, the background is pretty. However, obviously, I don't, I don't like those. It can affect the game. I don't clearly. really, I don't really like, I don't like the weather football games. Like, when it's raining a whole bunch or when it's snowing or it's, like, really windy. I don't like weather football games because they, they don't look good to me. It's just like I want to see football at its best form, mm-hmm. and it sucks when like you can't kick field goals because the wind's too high, right. or you can't see it when you're throwing the ball down the field. So it's just seven yard in routes or you know quick hook routes because you're not you're too worried about throwing it and the ball gets blown into a defender's path. I don't like weather football. I like like if every NFL team could just play in a dome or some sort of climate controlled stadium. I'd be for that. See, that's uh, so I went to um, Northern Iowa, right? University of Northern Iowa. Yeah. Where we played, where our football games were played in a dome. Um, and I would attend when I could. Obviously, I played soccer, so I wasn't there all the time. However, when I could attend, I would. And it just felt so different. It did not feel like true football because it wasn't outside. Like, I don't know. I, th- I think part of the game or of, of any fall sport or whatever you want to call it is the weather. It's part of it. So I think every now and again, it's all right. I just don't want it to make it incredibly unplayable. I, I like the fact that the Super Bowl is usually played in a climate-controlled stadium or it's played in a nice southern city where the weather is nice in February. Because I do not like watch. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like the cold weather playoff games. That's part of it, man. I just I don't like that. <laughs> Like, I always feel bad for the players when they have to wear all those layers, True. and they got to wear the, their breath. Yeah, out. and they got to wear the full face cowls over because they so that they can't, you know, so their face doesn't freeze up, mm-hmm. and they have to have all those heaters on the sidelines. I don't like that. I'm not a fan of the uh, of the um, winter weather games. I don't think, like them. I think it's just part of it. 
It is. For any game. You oh, know, it nobody is. wants to play a soccer game in the pouring rain. Nobody wants to play no. football in oh, the pouring no. rain. Actually, I did like playing soccer in the rain. Oof. When I was in high school, I, I actually liked it. A little bit of rain I'm good with. Pouring rain, no. get me well, yeah, Pouring there. rain, no, because it's hard to see the ball if it's in the air. But like, yeah, and a little bit of rain can speed things up. And if you're yeah, able to you adapt, a, it's very good. Yeah, you get a little bit. You slide a little bit better on that grass when it's when it's a little wet out there and it starts pulling up a little bit. Yeah, I like that. I don't. I don't like it when it's like coming down really hard. Well, who knows? We might get this snow tomorrow. We might not. Uh, have you done any shopping yet? Have you done any Christmas shopping yet? Uh, no. Julio, I, uh, you done with your Christmas I shopping? I, I see. I could see a Julio being a guy who's like organized. Like I might. I might say he's maybe like seventy five percent done with his Christmas shopping. I don't know. Uh, that's exactly it. I'm, Ooh, I'm about eighty five percent done. Okay. I, I'm gonna give credit to my girlfriend. Though. That's that's all her. It has nothing to do that with girl. me. She did that most of the shopping. So thank you. Well, shoot, I haven't even started. Julio does a lot of the Amazon shopping. He's done a, I, when we <laughs> used to right. when we used to work together. He used to have like just boxes and boxes of Amazon stuff shipped to the office that we worked at, and yeah. so it comes. All you have to do is slap some wrapping paper on it. I, it's, you know, it's the perfect I, way to shop. I do the Amazon thing to too, out. but I never put wrapping paper on I don't, it. I just well, give them the just, box. That's just not. <laughs> I just give them the Amazon box. I mean, that's, it's I just give them the Amazon it's box. Like, still, yeah. you know it's going to be something most likely good, right? Like a gift you want. Yeah, I'm a good gift giver. Oh, uh, but you have to wrap it in wrapping I don't, paper. That's I'm not part good, of the I'm fun. Not, I'm not good at wrapping stuff. So I'm just like, here's wow. your box. I never said I was good. Give me some. Give me some newspaper, but you got to put something on it. I don't. I don't do that. Like, because I'm not a person that like needs stuff wrapped in gift paper uh, as far as like presents go i don't need that i don't need like the bag with like the tissue paper sticking out like i don't need that just give me the gift like i don't i don't i don't i'm not a i'm for me it's like the if you just give me the box itself that's good enough for me (laughs) i'm grateful for a gift but i think it's funny to mess with people so for example like we went to it we had a white elephant party have you ever been to one of those yes okay so we had everything from like really good gifts like a crown, a bottle of crown, salt and, uh, geez, salted caramel crown royal, like a really nice bottle. Oh, I don't like that. Ooh. Any salted but that's like a good caramel gift. If flavor. If you're gonna walk away with that from a white elephant, like it's, you're I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's that. I mean, usually a white elephant that is a pretty good gift to, to, you're to get out of it. That. But it was also wrapped like immaculately, so it's like you expected it to be like a good gift. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was trying to mess with people, and I had, like, a good gift. We could only spend $20, so I just got, like, a $20 gift card. So I figured that's, like, a good gift, and I wrapped it in newspaper, and nobody wanted it. It was the last gift <laughs> because they thought it would be a reflection of the gift. You know, the wrap, the yeah, poor wrapping yeah. job would be a reflection of the gift. But I surprised them, kept them on their toes. But I do think wrapping is important. I think it's fun to rip through wrapping paper and find whatever someone has so graciously purchased for you. The first time I ever did a white elephant, I got a purse. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I got a purse, and I was like, "Anybody take this thing, like whoever. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if you want to trade me. Just somebody get this purse out of my hands. I have did no you, use for this thing." Did anybody trade? I think someone just took it. Like because it, it wasn't like and- a great. It wasn't a great gift. Uh, white elephant. It okay. was just like all under like ten dollars or whatever. Okay, yeah. And it was like so. It was like eh, I don't really need this because like I for me I was like I think I was like twelve or thirteen. So I was like you know I want like video games or you know. <laughs> Or like a like a PS2 or an Xbox or something. So like you're not gonna like none of these under ten dollar gifts are gonna like appease me. Right. So I, mean, I was like, I don't really I need that. And then getting to steal gifts from people. I like Secret Santa. Secret yeah. Santa's nice. We should do that around the, the station. <laughs> I don't. Th- I think it would be a problem. I imagine everybody that. will say no to that one. Okay, moving on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think that's a bad idea. 
Well, whether you got your shopping done or not, you only have, what, at this point, about a week left? 11 days? Where are we at? No, yeah, we got 11 days. 11 until days Christmas. until Christmas. So Flying you better get by. on it. You better get on it. I'm talking to myself because I haven't bought a single gift yet. Same here. So. I uh, I was looking at Amazon earlier. I was like, okay, I got to get this stuff ready to go because uh, only, only got a couple, only a week and a half before we have to start giving this stuff away. It's important. You got to do it. But, um, you know, here's my plug. I always do it every time. Shop local. There are amazing boutiques in Kansas City. There are amazing, talented artists, musicians, um, restaurants, different uh, makers, different ways to keep your money here. If you spend your money here, it stays in Kansas City. So shop local. Um, Honestly, I don't know if you've been to the Crossroads District lately, but it is just popping off with new stores, boutiques. Um, Definitely recommend you going down there. There's my shop local plug for the holidays. <laughs> I do it every time. It's important. Keep yeah, you do here. this every time. Yeah, it's important. I'm telling you, but we've got a full show today. We're talking, of course, Chiefs Broncos, the matchup coming uh, tomorrow. Um, we are talking a uh, new face we'll see in Sporting Blue. Yes. This season, and we'll get your opinion on one former Lee Summit resident who will be back in town this weekend. Yeah. Not giving away details on that one, I'm sure. You <laughs> yeah, because definitely, de- they definitely don't know who you're talking about. Five. Five. On this live and local Saturday at 610 AM Sports Radio, it's Jillian Unocero and Julio Sanchez, all three back together again. And what a better day to reminisce. Let's just take it back a week ago, boys. Chiefs Patriots. Used to absolutely hate that matchup. <laughs> I think I'll I think I'll always have a hate hate relationship with the Patriots. Yeah. Um, but after last weekend, uh, just very proud of the Chiefs team, how they went in and played. It was a full squad victory. It was a complete game. Um, and it's just been really fun this week to kind of relive it, right? Yeah, I think the, the interesting thing about that Patriots game is that usually the Chiefs are playing at a disadvantage from not only an on-the-field standpoint, but from a coaching standpoint. And, like, usually it's a situation where, like, you're sitting here and you're like, we know Andy Reid's faults. And you're going up against Bill Belichick. And you watch that game. And, and yeah, there were opportunities for the Patriots to get back in that game. A few. Certainly there were opportunities for that were kind of hurt for the Patriots by the referees. But every time the Patriots had a chance to go out there and win that game by just straight up beating the Chiefs, that Chiefs defense came out there, and they and they made Showed a stand, up. and they played well in those crucial moments. And, like, that right there is one of the reasons why I always say, like, yeah, your coach is, is, is certainly important in the NFL, but if you have the talent, you can beat anybody. As long as – I mean, you got a great coach already in Andy Reid, but the thing that he's always been missing, I think, since his time in Kansas City is the talent to go out there and be one of those Super Bowl contending teams. And you look at that defense right there, and you're like, okay, maybe he has the talent now to get it done. And that right there was a good showing that he might actually have it on the defense now. So um, 
I, I definitely know like last year we were certainly biting our nails when oh we were facing against facing off against the Patriots. But now it looks very different because instead of the Patriots going out there and patrioting their way to a victory. <laughs> they started off that they, way, though. They, and they did. They, it looked like here we go again right. after they scored that touchdown, that flea flicker. But then after that, the defense started to get some stops. The offense started to get going. They got a big lead at halftime. And even though the Patriots made it close in that second half, by grinding it out, the Chiefs' defense made the stands that they needed to make at the end of the game when usually we see the Patriots patrioting in that situation. <laughs> I love that that is now a verb, patrioting. Oh, yeah, like the Raiders raidering. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, I think um, complete game, obviously we've talked about it before, but I'm sure it was talked about all week long. But the entire team did their job. And, again, who we needed to did – came up big so the defense made those stops those imperative ones it was I was just so happy for Kelsey to get that touchdown because I felt like he needed that uh, not only to prove to everyone else but to prove to himself that he can come through in, in in big moments and make big plays because he had he hasn't had the consistent season that he has in the past he I mean he's having a good statistical season but he has had his moments he has this had year multiple big drops yes like multiple moments where that fumble he, that should that probably you know, if the referees don't blow it dead, it's probably a touchdown for the for the Patriots. Let's just be honest there. It's probably a touchdown. And, but, and like, he's the guy who you typically, could, you know, you could be pretty confident in mm -hmm. putting a lot on his shoulders and him doing his thing. And there were, I could think of two or three opportunities this year where he, the fumble, or just didn't catch, just dropped the ball. Um, but I was happy for him for, to kind of start that offensive momentum there. Yeah. But. I, I actually tweeted it out when he fumbled. It was like, as great as Travis Kelsey is, he has a tendency to not make the easy play pretty common. Like, he he has a tendency to mess up the easy play pretty often. And it's like, and that's one of the things that he talked about after the game with the Packers, where, like, he dropped a, a I think it was a third or fourth down play towards the end of that game mm -hmm. when the Chiefs were driving to try to see if they could they could match the, the, um, the Packers and tie them up. Uh, late in the fourth quarter, and he had a crucial drop. Right. And it's like, you know, as talented as he is, he has those key moments where he just messes up the easy play. Right. And it's like, as great, and that's one of the things that that is going to hurt his legacy if, it, if he continues to do it when comparing it to like a Tony Gonzalez. Because Tony Gonzalez was very much, he was Mr. Reliable. Yeah. Like when he wasn't slandering Kansas City, Lay he off, always man. was out here. <laughs> He was a safety net guy. You could throw it in the back of the end zone. He was going to stretch out and grab it. Wasn't dropping easy passes. And like we saw in that game, we've seen at different points this year, he'll drop the easy one. You know, he did it beginning of the game against I think it was I think it was the uh the Raiders. Mm -hmm. First play. Nice, you know, he's going nice flat route. Should have been an easy first down for him if he catches it, drops it cuz he's too busy about turning around and running. Right. So yeah, I was happy to see him yeah. start off the scoring kind of just for the team. You know what I mean? So Yeah, he's an, he's good. an important – and he's – what is he – I think he's 11 yards away from – He's close. Having his fourth straight 1,000-yard season, something right. that no tight end has ever done in NFL history. So some some history there yeah. that he he could be he could make tomorrow afternoon. If, I mean, I, I wonder if the Chiefs will try to go to him early so he could just get that get out, it the out of the way. Just get it out of the way. Just get you a like, nice little boom, right twelve yard crossing pattern. 
get you get you a nice first down to start the game and uh, and, and get that record out the way. Nice. It would be a nice momentum yeah. builder there. But back to this verb that we now use, patrioting. Do we think that we saw another example of patrioting when <laughs> uh, Bill Belichick and his well and his crew was accused of videotaping the, videotaping uh, the someone Bengals they should not have style. been. So here is Bill Belichick talking about this this incident and uh, talking about the involvement that he and his staff had in the videotaping of the Bengals sideline. Yeah, I heard about this. You know, evidently this is uh, our production people on the TV show that were there. And we I have absolutely nothing to do. We have absolutely nothing to do with anything that they produce, direct, or, or shoot or anything. I've never even seen any of their tapes or anything else. So this is something that we 100% have zero involvement with. This is something that you'd have to talk to the production people about or what they were doing or whatever it was. And then here is Bill Belichick talking about if he you know, if he has seen anything that they've ever done. So was this your advance? We've never seen anything that they've shot other than what's going to be on TV. But from a football standpoint, we have absolutely nothing to do with the production people and what they do for the TV show and everything else. Other than I tape a TV show with them, but that's, that's there's no involvement whatsoever with them. I've never seen a tape or anything that they've shot anywhere in any capacity. Here's the thing, though, and this is the question you got to answer. Do does he deserve the benefit of the doubt in this no, situation? Come on, how many strikes? Come on. He's. I mean, he's had. They've they've had the the original Spygate scandal, which not only were they accused of uh, of videotaping the um the the New York Jets in their Week One matchup, but also then it, there was a revelation that they had supposedly been, uh, you know videotaping i think it was the st louis rams when they before they were going in and uh and played in their super bowl back in 2001 um so there was question marks about that and then you have the deflate gate scandal and that was a bigger scandal than it probably should have been but they you know it was certainly a big deal about it and spygate certainly bumped up that scandal more than it should have been and so their reputation is not very good in regards to whether or not we believe that they actually are cheating, cheating or not. <laughs> and I think, like, I don't think that they were actively trying to cheat. I just, I don't know if, if that, I agree with your, well, I don't know what I agree with your statement there. However, <laughs> where there's smoke, there's fire. I believe that. Yeah. And this is the third time now where there has been, I mean, I would say some some evidence of yeah because they've admitted that the the crew was videotaping the sideline of the Bengals. they're just saying we didn't tell them to do it and we've never seen that video right like they didn't tell the guy yeah. to pump their balls or deflate the balls to a certain amount. supposedly it was tom brady that had done that and it wasn't bill belichick in the organization doing that which you know i don't think it really matters who who tells you to do it the fact that the matter is but you, three you times it. three times yeah i i i don't think that they were actively trying to cheat it's just like at this point they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt right. because of their history. It's like it's hard to believe that they weren't looking, you know, looking to try and especially after the situation where um, they've had a bad run. Now they've lost uh, th- to three up and coming young quarterbacks. Right. They're going to have to they're going to have to beat these guys if they want to win another Super Bowl. Exactly. You're going to have to beat a Houston, a Kansas City or a Baltimore if you want to get back to the Super Bowl. And so it is not a good situation for you 
to then go lose to the Bengals <laughs> when you're still trying to cling on to your first round bye. Now, I think we can all sit here and, and we can all agree, same with us and the listeners. I think that bird almost hit the window there. <laughs> I thought that bird, I that bird was going to come through the glass. <laughs> that bird was about to crash in there and try oh, to kill us. I just us. ducked. I literally just thought that was <laughs> coming did, through the glass. She did duck away from the microphone. This bird just ran into one of our <laughs> windows here in the studio. Oh, wow. I, okay. <laughs> like I said, I, I, I don't think that they're going to lose to any of these. I don't think anybody here feasibly believes they could, they'll lose any of their remaining three. Maybe the Buffalo Bills because they, they do play them, I think, next weekend. So, like they could feasibly lose that game because that Bills team looks like they're pretty good, but still, I think we would give them the benefit. We would give them the edge in their last three games. But if you are in a situation where you're really worried about your team and they look, their offense looks punchless and their defense doesn't look as great as they did before, maybe you get into your own head and you're like, okay, I got to do whatever I have to to get an advantage. I think that they think they're the Patriots and they can bend and stretch the rules as much as oh, yeah. they want. And I think that. They take the stance of do it, and if we get caught, ask for forgiveness because, look, it's happened three times now. So, Yeah, I mean, their thing now was like, yeah, we did it, but, like, we didn't, we didn't, oh, we, we weren't going to use that video. It wasn't us. Oh, oh, yeah. we didn't know about it. I've oh, never, uh, I've never watched any video that they've pedal, done. Back, pedal, back, pedal, back, pedal, yeah. <laughs> back. Like, come on. It's just like, and I, I expect the NFL to give them a slap on the wrist, maybe a fine or something, you know. Yeah. But, like. It's like they don't it's just, they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt because of their history. And that's the biggest problem in all of this. Is like they are in a situation where it is hard to trust them because they've cheated before. But they're going to expect the benefit of the doubt because they're the Patriots. I mean, I I, I don't think they expect it. I, I, don't I think f- they expect to just let okay. I think they're hoping they get it. They're I think hoping they, they get it because they've gotten it every time, you know? They they that's certainly they got off it. with the slap on the wrist with the whole Spygate scandal. Um, deflate gate, they got punished much more heavily, True, but the NFL now is in a situation where like any sort of misdeed because of the Patriots reputation, they're going to take that seriously because they don't want to, they don't want that undermining people's faith in the, uh, legitimacy of the results. Yeah. So that's the reason why I think that the NFL, they'll certainly give them a slap on the wrist, but I, 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 I don't think it should warrant a penalty just from like, if this were any other team. But because of the Patriots, they're going to get penalized. Uh, do you think this is the last time we're going to see Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady? Something tells me no. Something just tells me not quite. Because, yeah. like, as much as, like, the hint has been there about Brady potentially retiring or leaving, something tells me that this probably isn't the I think Tom Brady would probably, like, tell us, yeah, I'm hanging it up at the end of this year. I also don't see him not going out on a Super Bowl victory just because of that's kind of who he is. Maybe. I mean, I mean, I I just get the feeling like he wants to, like, be able to 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 control that narrative on that. Right, I think he wants right. like he wants the Dwayne Wade victory tour at the end of his <laughs> career. You know, he wants to be able to go out there and just celebrate and get all kinds of accolades. And yeah. they're going to have this Tom Brady special on the NFL Network and ESPN 30 for 30 on Tom Brady. Like, that's what he wants. And like it was it's, it's the thing with a lot of these quarterbacks. They want that victory lap. And I think that that's the reason why I, don't, I think if he was going to do it, he would he would he would he would tell us beforehand so that we he gets the victory lap. I could see that, but I also see things not going as planned. So I also could feel like he's going to take his ball and go home. If he has a, if he has a bad run in the playoffs, 
Yeah, I think he could be like, ah, bleep this. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm out. I'm, I'm quitting. And then he'll come back and be like, I knew I was done the whole time anyway. Yeah, he'll be like, <laughs> he'll probably end up being a, being like uh, in the in the booth doing oh. uh, color commentary for games. I would think he'd do that. We'll see. Well, when we come back, we are going to break down the Chiefs-Bronco game happening tomorrow, and we want to know what you guys think. Do we think that there could be a letdown after a huge win? We don't know. Chime in on the text line when we come back. Another live and local Saturday. Last Saturday before Christmas, is that right? No, next Saturday. Next Saturday is last Saturday before Christmas. Well, I'm tripping. I'm ahead of myself here. <laughs> <sighs> it's a big Saturday though because all three of us are back together, live in person. Thank goodness. We've been waiting on Uno Sarah to get his act together. Yeah, man. I mean, I've been skipping the show. Get your uh, life together. I know, Jeez. man. I mean, I, I got the team Im- relies got, on you, sir. I got important stuff to do. <laughs> I had to watch all the Dragon Ball Z movies. I'm and through, apparently, I'm through most of them. Work out. I just haven't watched the Broly movies or the Air Wrath Quark. of the Dragon. That's the only <laughs> and Fusion Reborn. Those are the only ones He's I have. Stop letting seen. that go. At all. <laughs> it's a great show. Anyway, we are back in action and um, previewing the game. Obviously, tomorrow Broncos come in town, but this is going to be a special game for so many reasons. I think the Chiefs Bronco matchup is one of the. I don't know, most treasured rivalries. I don't know if that's the right word for it or not. I think it's just such a pure, true rivalry. It's a very competitive rivalry. But like, I that's think probably people been like the... yearn for it. Like, I think people love it. I you think know? It, as far as like quality of the rivalry goes, it's our best one. Like the Raiders one is obviously the most emotional like the one that we have. One. We yeah, like exactly. we really hate Raiders fans. Right. Like, but like Broncos, it's more. It's a competitive rivalry. It is, and it's hard. It's honestly. Um, you know, obviously with the team for what well, god almost ten years now, it's it's like hard to hate a Bronco fan because they're no, I hate Broncos. They're fans. they're like respectful them. fans. Not all of them. Some well, of them some of them are, but by and large in comparison to the Raiders, them, yeah. well, I think everybody would be. Yeah, everybody's a better fan than the Raiders fan. <laughs> but for the most part, they're respectful respectful fans. However, um it's a special game for more than just that. So you are probably aware of the um My Cause My Cleats initiative. Yeah. The team participated while playing against the Patriots last weekend. Uh, well, for the first time ever, this is actually really cool. Um, the cheerleaders are going to be participating in tomorrow's game. So the My Cause My Cleats initiative encourages players to sport specialized footwear, obviously using their cleats designed um, by their artist of choice to bring attention to their charitable efforts, initiatives, whatever the athlete chooses. Chiefs always participate every year. But for the first time, the cheerleaders are set to be involved during this game. Um, they are basically just just represents an opportunity for the cheerleaders to shine light on a wide variety of causes. There is everything from childhood cancer to mental health awareness. Um, and it is really um, brought on by the women on the squad. So there are if you are interested in looking at Chiefs.com has a fantastic article kind of outlining different colors that will be sported by the girls. Um, Matt McMullen, the community digital media producer, did a great job talking to some of the different cheerleaders who are going to be wearing different colors. Um, They're going to be waving flags of different colors, supporting and bringing awareness to different initiatives. I think this is just one example of the way that um, the NFL and specifically the Chiefs are 
just kind of regulating and giving an opportunity for women to participate. So obviously the cheerleaders, the chiefs highly value them. They're very respectful toward them. They provide everything the girls need to be successful in their game day and just kind of in life. Um, and this is a fantastic example of what the Chiefs are doing and just giving them an opportunity. So if you're curious as why some of the girls have different colors tomorrow at the game, anything from purple, blue, yellow, you'll see some green. Um, it's because the girls are giving an opportunity to shine some light on something, an initiative that is important to them. So really cool article. I highly recommend you looking it up. It talks a little bit about some of um, – the different initiatives. Um, one of the girls' brothers was in a very terrible boating accident and now has a brain condition. And so she will be wearing blue to support that, um, to raise awareness for that condition. So just really cool, just like the, the players do year after year. But I think um, shout out to the Chiefs for providing the, an opportunity for the cheerleaders to participate as well. Um, obviously, that is happening tomorrow. Maybe the bigger storyline might be the Chiefs Broncos matchup. Yeah, <laughs> the actual the, the game is uh, But it's going to be a pretty cool pretty cool game too. Yeah. Um coming off of such a big win, there is always the question and I think we've seen it before. Do you yeah. think there could be a fall off? Do you think there could be an letdown after such an emotional win? And this is Fox one of the Bro. things I think like this is one of the things I think Chiefs fans are like they're pretty confident that they're not they're not going to have to worry about Denver Broncos because of the fact that Chiefs have dominated this division since Andy Reid's come in. They have dominated them. And they've dominated the Broncos the last few years now. Um, I think they've won, what, eight straight, I think, Denver against Denver? Against Denver. Yeah, mm -hmm. eight straight against Denver. So, like, they have dominated this this matchup. It really has not been a rivalry in the last few years. Um, I mean, the, the Broncos – Surely gave the Chiefs a run for their money last year in Denver, um, but then and and kind of, and in the matchup at Arrowhead, they they certainly made it a little bit tough for the Chiefs to go out there and get a win. But earlier this year, Matt Moore came in after uh, after Patrick Mahomes' kneecap decided to want to go to the side of his leg. <laughs> so and Matt Moore came in and he absolutely dominated them. The defense just embarrassed Joe Flacco out there. It was not uh, a very competitive game at all on Thursday Night Football, and. So we look at this matchup here. Patrick Mahomes, since he's come back from his uh, his injury, has not really played great per se. I mean, he did. He had a lot of yards against Tennessee, but like he wasn't amazing against the uh, against the Chargers. He was really good against the Raiders, but then against the against the Patriots. Um, and part of it because of that hand injury, he was not great against them. Right. So you have to look at that matchup here and. Look at the fact that, yeah, it was a very emotional win that they got against the Raiders. I mean, I guess the Patriots in Foxborough, mind you, because that's like that's important that not only they beat the Patriots, but they beat them at their place because that's a team that's been very much a thorn in their side, especially in the playoffs. I I think that this game might be closer than a lot of fans would give it credit for because it's the Broncos, because the Chiefs have dominated them. But I, I could see this be a situation where this game could be one of the ugly ones that we see. It could be, it could be another an, an ugly one, and also the weather could impact yeah, that. Yeah, the weather could impact that. It could affect how uh, the Chiefs are able to throw the football. We'll see. I don't. We obviously don't know because, like, I, you remember that Colts game uh, <laughs> during the playoffs. Like, the Chiefs' offense was able to go out there and run, even though the the weather was nasty. Because they actually did a really good job with the field. But you know and that they always do. Yeah, and that snowstorm was bad 
Yeah. I drew, I remember because I had to do the uh, I had to produce the um, Arrowhead Pride pregame and postgame show, and I remember driving in and it was just it was terrible. Like so many cars on the side of the road because a lot of people don't know how to drive in the snow. I mean, it was it was coming down and the field was actually in really great shape. So they did a good job with it, but you wonder what's going to happen if it really starts coming down during the game like like it, uh, they say it's supposed to. I don't think this is going to be that matchup where they might get upset, but I don't think it's going to be the easy win that a lot of people think it might be. Who knows? What do you think the weather will do to the crowd, the attendance? You know, I think it's probably is going to affect how yeah, I do too. the the cuz like I know that the attendance was down when Matt Moore was the quarterback. When he was starting for them, there were a lot of Chiefs fans that were not going to those games. A lot more Packers fans, a lot more Vikings fans. Chris Jones talked about that mm-hmm. when uh, when they played Minnesota um, after they played that game. And, like, certainly there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be like, yeah, bleep that. I'm not going to go out there and mess with that weather. I'm just going to watch the game at home. I know myself. I refuse to go to any cold weather Chiefs games if I'm sitting outside. <laughs> like if I'm in the press box, oh, it's great. Yeah, it's great. That's one thing. It's a little chilly in the press box, but it's not freezing cold in the press box. Like there's no way I'd want to go out there if it was snowing. I've well, been to a snow game before and it was miserable. I love them. I, hate I them. absolutely love them, but I do think that this will scare away some Denver fans. I think these storms. I mean, they're, I mean, they're from Denver. They're used to snow. So, but traveling is not easy during that. Oh yeah, I mean maybe maybe they've traveled in it all. Or maybe I mean, they're, maybe already they're already here, here so they're, they're they're not. I certainly. I mean, if I were if I were a fan of the Broncos and I like drove from Denver to Kansas City, mm-hmm. I'm sure as hell not going to do it the day of. That is a long, boring drive going from oh, Denver like, to Kansas City. It's, no, thank you. It's a ter- I've done it before two years ago. Especially I drove. to get your butts kicked yeah. by the Chiefs. I made the drive to and from Denver a couple years ago. It is the worst drive I've ever been on. The worst. Just we'll see. Most of that is like probably about six hours of it is just windmills and grass. There's nothing in Kansas besides windmills and grass and some small towns. It's a terrible drive. Not fun at all. When we come back, we've got more Kansas City sports coming up. Don't go anywhere. On a beautiful Saturday, it looks like dusk outside. We're a little ahead of the game. However, the sun is definitely going down. Oh, yeah. It'll be dark in about an hour and a half. We are about, I think, eight minutes away from tip-off UMKC versus KU at the Sprint Center. Um, I believe it's a 4 o'clock start. Think uh, think the Roos are going to beat your, your Jayhawks? They're, I'm going to uh, venture out on a limb and say the potential number one team in the country <laughs> is not going to be upset if, by UMKC. If the game is within 20 points... Are you? Is it going to feel like a loss? It's going to feel like a loss. It's going to feel like no, a loss if it's no within twenty. Here, right? <laughs> what no, I'm talking about like if say? you are if you're a, if you're a KU fan and you don't win that game by more than twenty, is it going to feel like a loss? No, it depends on how the game goes. I mean, if, if they're up by forty at halftime <laughs> and they have second, third string players in there, let's say no. I mean, let's say that they just the let's say well, they let's say that they play a close game throughout. Like let's say they hang within like right around ten. And they're keeping up with KU 
And then KU pulls away a little bit, and it's like a 19-point victory. It's a lot of ifs. Like (laughs) 78 to to 59. Like, would that feel like like a loss? A win is a win. And yeah, I'm, and I'm a yeah, 19 point win against against uh I mean this is a de facto home game for UMKC. That's true. But so is like, it though because how many KU alum are I mean here? KU are there's be gonna there? be more KU fans there than you there's not a whole That's lot of That's what I'm saying. Know. Like, come on. I, I remember I went to uh me and uh Ryan Wachowski, producer for Fesco in the morning. We went to go see UMKC play Mizzou in uh at, at UMKC? It was no, it was, it was at uh Mizzou Arena in Columbia okay. and uh UMKC spanked that ass. Ooh. It, was, it was probably what, like four years ago? I think it was. Yeah, it was. It was a couple years. It was least, so yeah. hilarious. We, me and me and uh, me and uh, Ryan actually talked about um, rushing the court, but it was only going to be two of us because there was like five two, UMKC. Can fans. you picture them rushing the court? <laughs> we were going to do it, and then we were like, uh, the one lone security guard. Two, yeah, both that's what I'm saying. Like we would have gotten our, we would they would have never let us do any press ever again at Mizzou because because. And it was funny because the Mizzou fans were so heated. We actually like saw multiple Mizzou fans leave because they were pissed at the performance. Well, it was wouldn't, hilarious. Wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, come on. I'd probably stick around. No offense. I am a, I am a Rue through and through. You can't leave on your team. But you can't. I mean, I'd stick you gotta around. You got to stay. I'd, uh, I'd stick that, around. That is not true. I don't. I I think I'd stick around because it wasn't like they were beating the brakes off of them. It was. It, they were up by like you know usually right like within like three possessions most of the game. I think I'd stick around to see if Mizzou could pull it off. If your team is a garbage product, you do not have to support your team. Oh, if come they on. if they put a garbage product out, I feel like you do not have to support them. This was early in the season. This is before okay, we knew okay. that for sure that they were garbage. Like they shouldn't have <laughs> lost that game. Now we know they're trash, so I'm off the bandwagon. Yeah, like if this was like <laughs> if this was like the you tenth know. game of the season. Okay, yeah, yeah, we know they're trash. I'm gonna leave. But like this was like early in the season. This was a this was a game where they paid UMKC to come in and. That's they were the to kick their part. ass, and they, then they got their they got ass the kicked. Weird they part. paid to lose. Yeah, that's the that's painful. Yeah, it was really that. bad. Well, another team was forking out some money. Let's turn the tables over to Sporting Kansas City. Uh, Peter Vermees, we all know very well, very well respected, not mm-hmm. only for his soccer IQ, ability to coach, ability to lead his team to many victories, uh, playoff game after playoff game. Now it is reported that Sporting Kansas City has shelled out about nine point five million. Is that is that the number we got on nine point to acquire five million Mexican striker Alan Polito, which would be top ten in MLS history for uh, transfer fees. Top ten, and we were trying to find. We were trying to find something. It was at least eight million. Close but, as far as, but this is right here is reported as Sporting Kansas City shells out reported nine point five million to acquire straight Mexican striker. I think the Alan highest Pito. we've seen them shell out for a player before this was the one point seven five they spent to get Gerso here. Yeah, we were trying. We could not find anything. Every, most of and the that guys that out- they have on their team are free transfer guys, or they paid a minuscule amount. One. Now their salaries afterwards, that's a different yeah, that's discussion. A different story, yeah. We're talking specifically here what it, what it took to get him here. Um and obviously this is gonna be talked about for I would say up until the season, probably all through the season, maybe even the following season, depending on what he produces on the field. Um, but I mean this is a small ish market pulling a huge name. So I think that this has potential to do a lot for MLS just in general. Yeah, it's the thing about it is that you get a guy that you know can go out there and score. And like usually sporting does the thing where they get that guy that wasn't getting a whole lot of playing time at like a good club. 
like they did with like Felipe Gutierrez, where John he was at Real Betis, yep. or like Ilya, where he was over at Barcelona, but he couldn't crack their A squad. Correct. And so they brought in these guys who couldn't get playing time with a good club. So they bring them over here, and let's like let's see if you can live up to your potential here in the MLS. Now they get a guy who who was a star where he was. He played for no Chivas. No question about it, right. Yeah, led, led Liga MX in goals uh, this past season. He was with Chivas, the most popular club in Mexico, and you bring him in, he's a bona fide goal scorer, and he's playing in a league that's not as good as Liga MX is. Right. And now, in theory, because of how much you just spent to get him, he should be a bona fide star for your team. This I mean, year. I think you're number one putting out that kind of money, but number two, just like you were just saying, what we've seen him do, his track record of success. I mean, I think we can safely expect. I I don't even know a number of goals, but he has a ton of pressure on him to come in and to potentially at least be, twenty. I mean, he's got he's got to be at least twenty. You got to think about it as far as he's going to be matched up against teams that are at night. I'm a huge advocate of the MLS, huge supporter, but significantly playing at a significantly less um, quality soccer, like a quality match. So it's going to be very different. Um, The the only question is, is he going to be able to fall in line under Peter Vermees? Is he going to play the game, do what is expected of him? And just essentially, is he going to, become part of the sporting way and that it has we have seen that not work with quality players in the past and we have seen those players come in uh, and dom dwyer's one i think dom is a solid player especially in his prime he was doing very well could get behind defenses could frustrate the back lines could find the back of the net did he stay here did he have a long career under peter vermees no he didn't and it's because he did not essentially adhere to what peter was asking of him to do and they parted ways Sporting got a lot of money from that guy, <laughs> from that trade. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe that's some of that is going to Alan Polito. <laughs> Certainly, but yeah, yeah. My question is, is he a is he a um, man of character and a man who truly wants to play the game? Because if he is not, if he's just coming here for fame and wants to do his own thing, I don't know if he's going to gel. I think that he has to have a specific type of personality and a specific type of passion for the game, and he has to understand that He's coming into a league that he has potential to grow, not just sporting, but MLS. Yeah. So he has. What type of guy is he? That's what I. I that's what I don't know enough about. I think the fact that he came here. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like, saying a lot. But because, is he just coming for money, or is he going to come and make a difference? I mean, I certainly think money played a factor, but I think also for him, it's like this is going to be a challenge. This ain't like when you had Vela go in and he goes to L.A. To you LA, know, Kansas City. Yeah, this isn't like Zlatan going <laughs> to LA. Say. You know, this isn't like Tyrion going to go to go to uh, and playing for New York. You right. know, or um, Rooney when he went to DC. This is you coming in and you're playing in one of the smaller markets in the MLS, and you're playing for a franchise that does not make these moves very often. This is the best. This is the biggest move they've ever made for from a financial standpoint. Yeah, you know, like the most expensive transfer they made for the players currently on their team. $1.75 million for Gerso. And that's a lot considering what they usually would do is they'd get in guys in on free transfers. Right. Now you're bringing this guy in. Big Off money. Straight money. Yeah. Off reported $9.5 million, and- <laughs> which is top 10 in MLS history. I mean, it's it's not that far off from what we just saw Atlanta spend for both uh, Ezekiel Barco and what they spent for uh, Pity Martinez last this past offseason. So, it's huge that you went out and you you made that big of a splash. And 
the fact that he's coming here would say that he's he knows there's going to be pressure. Right. And he knows that it ain't going to be easy because for him, it's like, I'm going to a club that's not in one of the big markets. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how he's going to adapt to Kansas City because it's not one of the other That's the what big I'm markets. Saying, like just life in oh, general yeah. here. <laughs> and you remember back in what was it January back when we were doing uh, Jillian Carroll and Ocero on Thursday nights, right? And we heard about uh, Johnny Russell, yeah. ha- having a tough time adjusting to playing in Kansas City because it's more humid than the where he's from. Alone, and him. the travel was so much because you know a lot of these guys don't know how big the U.S. is. Mm-hmm. So that to me is something that I wonder. How much is is Alan Polito going to adjust to being here when he's going to have to worry about the weather? He's going to have to worry about the travel because they travel a whole hell of a lot more here than they do in Mexico. And he's going to have a whole hell of a lot more pressure on him playing. And, and, you know, he had a lot of pressure playing at Chivas, but there's going to be a lot of pressure now being the biggest acquisition that this franchise has ever had. And as you're alluding to, it's a different kind of pressure. Yeah. It's more than just what he can do. But now he's, he's the savior as opposed to being the star. And yeah. that's that's that comes with a ton of pressure. Clearly has the body, the physicality, the mentality to come in and be successful. So I'm excited to see that. I'm hopeful for that. And we have seen guys make the transition beautifully. Yeah. Ilya, for example. You know what? He came in and he just did his thing and mm-hmm. he's been a positive impact from the beginning. So it can be done um, regardless. Huge news coming out of sporting. Definitely for the positive on that one. Um, but when we come back, we did say a former Lee Summit resident is returning to Kansas City this weekend. Who could that be and what is he doing? Stay tuned for more on on <laughs> Overtime. Overtime with Jillian and Chris. 610 Sports Radio. One sec. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.